you do not need to break down somebody else's church. All right? You can start your own church. I said you can do what? Start your own church. So, church workers and pastors, I'm going to teach you from this book. You see, that is why I said get the books. Amen. All right? So that you can study. How do you start a church? Number one, count the costs of deciding to plant a church. Count the cost. Luke chapter 14 and from verse 28. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counted the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it. Continue. Lest happily, after they had laid a foundation and is not able to finish it, all that beholdeth it began, began to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. So listen. The first step in starting a church is to count the costs. And when I say count the costs, I'm not talking about money. I am talking about what you are going to go through to plant a church. Amen. It is not easy to plant a church. It will cost you something. It will cost you your money. It will cost you your energy. It will cost you your resources. It will cost you your time. It will cost you your personal image. I got what I'm saying. Yes. But it is an important cost to pay. No cost must hinder us from planting more churches. Hallelujah. Amen. It will demand sacrifice from you. You must be ready to sacrifice your time to plant a church. It will demand suffering, pain. Yesterday, I was talking about weariness. Hallelujah. The church today only knows happiness, comfort, joy, but we must be ready to suffer for the law. Hallelujah. To plant churches. Amen? Huh? Eh? Are you ready to suffer to do something for the Lord? Yes. Suffering is part of Christianity. Philippians chapter 1. It has been given unto you on behalf of Christ not only to believe but also to suffer for his sake. 
So suffering, suffering hunger, suffering pain, walking, walking in the sun, eh, is part of what we must go through to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, this is a short session and I'm going to pray for you. During this conference, I'll be praying for you every day because I believe that the Lord wants you to be impacted with a spirit. Hallelujah. So count the cost. Sacrifice. Eh? Pay a price to do something for the Lord. It may cost you to do a lesser job. To take a lesser job. You may have to change your job. Because I just told you that one of the qualities you need to be able to become a leader is to be available for the work of God. If your work is from 6 in the morning till 6 in the evening every day, including Saturday and Sunday, you cannot do anything for the Lord. And for that, you may have to make adjustments. It will affect your salary, but that is the price you have to pay to serve the Lord. Amen? Jesus, our master, suffered to fulfill his ministry. And the Bible says the disciple is not greater than his master. Look at Matthew chapter 10 from verse 24. From verse 24. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. Verse 25. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. So what Jesus went through to secure our salvation, we must also go through to bring others to salvation. I didn't have an amen. amen. I said what Jesus went through to secure our salvation, we must also be ready to go through that to secure the salvation of others. What did Jesus go through? He went through pain. He went through shame. He went through suffering. Hallelujah. That is what Jesus meant when he said, if any man will come after me, Matthew 16, 24, let him deny himself, take up his cross. Take up his cross. Take up his cross. Church workers, you must take up your cross. Yeah. Okay. If we are not ready to suffer, we are not ready to move into the hinterlands, we are not ready to spend our energy, go to the villages, go to the corners of the country, go to poorer places. If we are not ready to do that, and we all want to sit enjoying comfort, nothing can be done in terms of the work of God. So there's a price to pay. For me to be standing before you, to preach to you, it costs me my medical career and my medical practice. 
I had to sacrifice it. Yeah. That was the price. Now, by now, I should be sitting in the hospital and asking, sir, where is the pain? How long does it last? Does it move to any part of your body? When you cough, does the pain become less or does it become more? Please lie down. Let me examine you. Let me see. Oh, why is your head like that? Hmm? It looks very shiny. Let me look at your, okay, your blood level, all right. Let me check your pulse. Ah, your heart is working well. That's what I should be doing. And I did that for many, many years. Eh? Yes. Until the Lord blessed me with a huge hospital. He was my hospital manager. Huge hospital. But the Lord said, put the hospital aside. I want you to come and follow me. That was my cross. That was my cross. That is why I'm standing here. So you too, there's a cross. The reason why the church is weak is because we don't want to carry the cross. We just want to enjoy. Bishop, bless us. Lay your hands on us. Anoint us. Prophesy. Tell us that we are going to get married. Tell us that we are going to go to Tokyo and buy three Toyotas. That's what we want to hear. Not go and start a church. Not go and start a cell. Not go and do the work of God. Not go and preach. That is why there's no power in the church. But I see power coming back. I see power coming back. God is going to use you. How many of you are going to pay the price to serve Jesus? Lift up your hands and say, Father, I am ready to pay the price to follow you. Hallelujah. Amen. So count the cost. Number two. Number two. Lay a foundation of prayer. Lay a foundation of prayer. Hallelujah. In other words, pray. We recommend three weeks, 21 days of fasting and praying before you start a church. Why must you pray? You must pray because you are going to give back to a spiritual institution. Yes. Huh? Just ask a mother who is going to give birth, goes to the antenatal clinic to be checked up. You must also be praying. You must pray at least 21 days with fasting, crying unto God for God to use you and for God to help you. Let me give you 
some prayer topics. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. Thy kingdom come. Pray and say, Lord, let your kingdom come. As you have sent me to this town, as you have sent me to this community, let your kingdom come. Let souls be won in the name of Jesus. Psalm 2 and verse 8. Psalm 2 and verse 8. Ask of me and I shall give thee the hidden for thy inheritance and the utmost parts of the earth for thy possession. Psalm 2 and verse 8. Next one. First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10. First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10. Enlarge my coasts. Enlarge my coasts. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 37. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 37. Increase them with flock like with men like a flock. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 8. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 8. Who had heard such a thing? Who had seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. As you travail, you will bring forth your children. That is what prayer does. The reason why you must lay a foundation of prayer is that it is your travailing in prayer that is going to bring forth the church that is in you. Can I have an amen? amen. Yeah? Travail. It's just like when a woman is giving birth. She, she travails. She goes through labor of pain and suffering. But at the end of it, she brings forth a beautiful baby and she begins to smile. Hallelujah. When the women are giving birth in the hospital and they are in pain and we ask them, so after this one, will you come again? Say, doctor, no, 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 no. This is the last one. This is the last one. This is the last one. And they'll be insulting their husbands. So, oh, James, your head like a coconut, James. Because it's painful. Husbands, you didn't know that they have been insulting you. Ask them. But immediately the baby lands. And we show the, the woman the baby, she smiles. And then we ask her, will you come again next year? Say, we'll, we'll see what will happen. We'll see what will happen. We'll see what will happen. It's a beautiful thing to bring forth a child into this world. I see God using you to bring forth many, many churches. Receive the grace to plant many, many, many churches. Hallelujah. This morning I'm going to lay my hands on you. And God is going to 
impact unto you the anointing for church planting. Yeah. Sit down. Huh? Then Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19. My little children in whom I travel again until Christ is formed in you. My little children of whom I travel in bed again until Christ be formed in you. So these are prayer topics that you must use to pray. Steps in planting a church. Number one, count the cost. Number two, lay a foundation of prayer. Amen. Number three, okay, pray for and recruit pillars. Pray for and recruit pillars. Who are pillars? Pillars are people who help you in your new church that you are going to start. So pray that God will send you help. Jesus recruited pillars. Peter, James, John, Andrew. These were all pillars that Jesus recruited. So pray. So as part of your prayer, say, Lord, send me helpers. Send me helpers, Lord. Send me people who stand by me for this, to help me in this great work that you have called me to do. So pray for and recruit pillars. Number four, two or three is enough. Two or three is enough. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Hallelujah. How many people do you need to start a church? Two or three? Two or three? Yeah, that's all. Jesus sent the disciples two by two. So pastors, after training your church workers, put them in twos and send them. It is the two that will become five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, two hundred, like that. That is why I said you don't need to break down somebody's church. Only the two of you. Yeah. Today. There are huge cathedrals that have been pastored by bishops that only two of us went to start. Only two. Only two of us. Bishop Dark Center, you and you go here, go and start. Today is a cathedral. So two or three. Don't break down somebody's church and take 50 members, 70 members to go and start your church. No. Go out there. God will use you. I said God will use you. So two or three. Alright. Next one. 
What is the first step in planting a church? What is the first step? I can't hear you. Count the cost. Number two? Lay what? How long are you going to pray? 21 days. Amen. Have I given you prayer topics? What is point number three? I can't hear you. Pray for and recruit pillars. Did Jesus recruit pillars? For example, who? Peter and who? Peter, James, John, Andrew, all these people were pillars. Hallelujah. What is the next step in planting a church? Two or? How many people do you need to start a church? Must you break down somebody's church? Go and collect somebody's fellowship? No. Number five. Be a motivational speaker. And a motivational leader. Be a motivational leader and a motivational speaker. What does it mean? It means you must inspire the little congregation that we have started. Look, the reality is that if you gather five people, If you go to a community and you said, after making all the noise, you have shared flyers, you have gone to the houses, I am coming to start a branch, a satellite church of Living Word of Faith Outreach Ministries International. My bishop is Bishop Akintayo Samjoli. Do you know him? That handsome bishop, very powerful. I am his pastor here. I'm coming to start his church, a branch of his church here. After making all the noise, the Sunday comes and then there are five people sitting down here and they are looking at you and they are wondering in their minds, are you crazy? Is this what you call a church? Is this what you call a church? When you stand there, you must inspire them. Yes. You must point to them and say, praise the Lord. I thank God for a mega church. Today is the beginning of a great church that everybody is going to talk about. You tell them, according to Job chapter 8 and verse 7, though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. This is a great church. Everybody say a great church. This is a powerful church. Everybody say a powerful church. Yes. You must, you must, you must, you must put hope in them. And tell them, this church is like the master seed. One day it's going to become a big tree. So I want you to be here. Don't just look at the five of us here and think that we are joking. We are not joking. Very soon, we are going to be 10. Very soon, we are going to be 20. Very soon, there's going to be growth. You see, the people will be inspired when, when they are going home. So everybody, next Sunday, when you are coming, bring your friends, bring your family. You'll have faith. But when you come and stand there, 
You're walking as we are coming to church, sir. And now when you stand there, sir, praise the Lord. Ah, by the grace of God, Bishop says we should come and start a church. Me, I thought that a lot of people would come, but unfortunately, look at us here. Only five. I don't know whether we are joking or we are listening, but we are here. To be honest with you, I don't know whether it will work, but we will try. See, you are not serious. So be a motivational leader and a motivational speaker. Clap your hands for the Lord. How many of you can understand it? Amen. Next one. Don't be in a hurry for the church to grow. Don't be in a hurry. Church growth does not happen in four weeks. So the church is going to grow, but be patient. The Bible says that he that hasteneth to be rich has an evil eye. You see, when you start a church and you want the church to grow, you are in a hurry. That is when you are likely to make a lot of mistakes. So, we need a keyboardist. So, you go and see somebody's keyboardist. We need somebody who finances. So, you go and see somebody's financier. You are likely to make a lot of mistakes. Do not be in a hurry. Next one. Don't be desperate for financial provision from your church. Don't be desperate to receive financial provision and financial supply from your church. Allow the church to develop. Use the income in the church to develop the church. That is why there are pastors who are sitting at this conference who are in full-time ministry and you have 50 members or 40 members, you don't have any business doing full-time ministry. Resign, go and look for a secular job, do that job, and use that job to look after yourself and do the ministry as a lay pastor and allow the church to develop and use the income of the church to buy equipment, to buy a piece of land, start a building project, and let that church become strong. Hello? A 30-member church cannot look after you and your five children and pay your rent and your salary and buy you a car. And always you stand in the church as, as a beggar and you are insulting the church members all the time. Doing offering time is an insult time. Some of you, every time we are, take, we are taking an offering, you don't give offerings. The other time when you came and I stood down there and I said that you, should, you should give 10,000. You didn't give. You gave only 50. Look at your face. Your face is like this thing. Today, I am standing here with the offering basket myself. If you like, don't rise up and come and give the offering. You see. Hey. Look at you people. 
Because of you people, I'm suffering in life. I could have done a better job. But because of you, I'm here. And because of you, I don't have any, even today after church, they're starting the house to eat. Look, I have good advice for you. We can't look after you. Get a job, pastor. Let the church, the job pay you and do the ministry as a lay pastor. Good advice. Amen? And gradually, as you do that, a time will come when the church will be developed and the church will be able to take care properly of you. Even build a house for you. Buy you the car that you deserve. There's a time for everything. Amen? The Bible says that blessed is a nation whose princes eat eh, for, for strength and not for pleasure. So there are pastors here, I'm very serious. You are in full-time ministry. You don't have any business being full-time ministry. Look, a 50-member church does not need a full-time pastor. I'm telling you. Yeah. Get a job as a teacher. Get a job as a, a whatever you should do. Get it and let them pay you and use your salary to look after yourself and build the church out of a pure heart. Your ministry will be solid. Otherwise, you'll be so frustrated that every day you are insulting the church members. Look at all of you sitting down here looking at me. Yesterday was my birthday. Not even one of you gave me anything. Useless people. I, I regretted that I'm your pastor. Look, we beg you. We didn't force you to come and pastor. Go and pastor some other people. Did we force you to come and pastor us? Look at my wife's shoe. Is that a shoe that a lady is supposed to wear? If I had worked somewhere, I could have bought, bought a better... Go and work somewhere. Go and work somewhere. Leave us alone. Go and work somewhere. So don't be desperate for, for financial provision from your little church. You see, a time is going to come. The church will bless you. Yes, there's a time and a season for everything. Clap your hands for the Lord. How to plant a church? What is the first thing you must do to plant a church? I cannot hear you. Count the cost. Number two. Sorry. Lay a, a foundation of prayer. Number three. Pray for and recruit pillars. Number four. How many people do you need to start a church? Two or three is enough. Yeah. So Bishop is going to train us and send us Two, 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 everywhere. And by the grace of God, God is going to use us. In a year's time, in two years' time, we'll be sitting in a church of 100 people, 50 people, 70 people, 80 people, 200 people. What is the next step? Be what? 
of you are going to be motivational leaders. Yes. Next one. Don't be hot. Don't be in a hurry for your church to grow. Next one. Don't be desperate to receive financial provision and supplies from your church. Amen. Are you blessed? Next one. Witnessing and follow up. Witnessing and follow up. Witnessing and follow up. When you are starting a church, you must go about witnessing. Preaching to people in the communities. Talking to them about Jesus Christ. Asking them to give their life to Christ. Telling them about the love of Jesus. That is why a book that I recommend to pastors, and if you cannot get them here, please order them, is this book. How You Can Preach Salvation. So that you can teach your church planters and your potential leaders how to preach salvation. And then they also need the spirit of Anakazu. Anakazu, the compelling power. Amen? You must witness. You must go to the community and share the word of God. And after that, you must do follow-up. What is follow-up? Follow-up is going back to the people to visit them, to strengthen them, to encourage them, and inviting them to the church that we are about to start. Now, there is something that you must do to help you to have effective follow-up. What is that? What is that? Every time you witness to people, take detailed personal information about them. Take detailed personal information about them. What are these detailed personal information? Their full name, especially their common and popular names. Their full names, but especially their popular and common names. What do I mean by popular and common? That is, how are they known in the community? Somebody can tell you that my name is John Kamara. But when you go to the area, people don't know John Kamara. But they know the person by another popular name. So get that name. Number two, get the person's personal contact number. And when people give you their contact number, ring it there and then to see whether it will go through. Just to verify. Number three, take down their location address. Where exactly they live so that you can go there and look for them. I don't know whether street addresses work in Freetown, but in my country, it doesn't work. So you guys are more advanced. But in Ghana, if somebody tells you, I am on number three, easy road, you know, you can't find it. Yeah? So get the location address. So, so in Freetown, if somebody gives you the, the, the street address, it works. You can find the person. Very good. So take it. Take it and go and look for the person there. 
Next one. Visit your, com- your convert very as, as early as possible or as soon as possible. Visit your convert as early as possible or as soon as possible. Within 24 to 48 hours. Go back to the person and say, do you remember I spoke to you about Jesus Christ the other time. I just came back to say, how are you? And to find out, how are you doing? So witnessing and follow up. What is the first step in planting a church? I can't hear you. Stand to your feet, everybody, please. We are ending. We are ending. We are, we are coming to an end. Are you blessed this morning? How many of you have learned something this morning? Hallelujah. Have I given you some practical teaching? Amen. What is the first step in starting a church? Count the heart. Number two. Lay a foundation of what? Prayer. For how many days? 21 days. Number three. Pray for and recruit pillars. Number four. Two or three is enough. Are you going to break down somebody's church? Are you going to steal somebody's members? All right. Number what? Number five. Be what? A motivational leader and speaker. Number six. Don't be hard in a hurry for your church to grow. Number six. Number seven. Don't be desperate to receive financial provision and supplies from your church. Number eight. Sorry? Witnessing and follow up. When you witness to people, what must you do? You must take what? Detailed Personal information about the person, which includes number one, what? Their names, but especially popular names, their location address, their contact numbers, so that you can follow them up within what? 24 to 48 hours. And number nine, things that you don't need to start a church with. Things that you don't need to start a church with. Number one, you don't need the title of a pastor. You don't need the title of a pastor to start a church. You don't need the title of a bishop to start a church. You don't need the title of an evangelist to start a church. You don't need the title of even vice God. You shouldn't be vice God before you start a church. Amen. You don't need any titles. Number two, you don't need a complimentary card. Hi. Some of you, we have not been sent, we are training you. You have gone to do a big complimentary card. Reverend Dr. Prospective Church Planter. Showing it around everywhere. When you sit in this side, this is my car. This is my car. You don't need a complimentary car. 
Number three, you don't need a signboard to start a church. Number four, you don't need a pulpit. Number five, you don't need music equipment to start a church. Wow. Bishop, so what do I need to start a church? Only you, yourself. Go out there and start. Get a room and start. Use your voice. Shout hallelujah. We are here. Clap your hands and worship God. Yes. Now let me ask you a question. Who was Jesus' keyboardist? Who played the drums for Jesus? Eh? Who are the choristers for Jesus? Just go. Get a room and start the church. Let me talk to you about a church location. What is a good church location? Number one, it must either be free or very, very affordable. For a church that you are just about to start, don't go and rent an expensive place. So, get a place which is free or very affordable. Are you here? You've gone home. Number two. It must be easily accessible for people to come there. It must be easily accessible for people to come there. Either by public transport or by walking or by their own private transport. A, a new church should not be located very far from people. Nobody will come there. You see, if Bishop decides to relocate this church to another place, even outside Freetown. It will work. Because the church has a name already. It's an established church. All that we need is that let's get buses. So every, every Sunday, buses will be here, 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 here to pick the members. And all of us will be in that new place. Yeah. We moved, we have moved our church a couple of times. And, and the second time, it was after being in a place for about 15 years. Then we moved. And when we moved, even the, the old place was closed down for one year. Everybody moved to the new place. And the church was full from day one. But that is a known existing church. When you are going to start a new church, nobody knows you. Nobody has heard of you. So you cannot afford to send your church very far. So your church location must be easily accessible. Hello? Are you here? Are you here? You've gone home. Number three. Do not locate your church in a dirty environment. 
Do not locate your church in a dirty environment. Like near a rubbish dump, like near a public toilet, like near a filthy open gutter. Do we, do we have open gutters in Freetown? Yes, in, 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 in Ghana we have. So you see a big open gutter full, filthy. And you have got to locate your church by it. So when the members are there, the filth is anointing them. They won't come to your church. Number four. Do not locate your church in a known dangerous community. In a known dangerous community. What do I mean by that? A place that is known for crime. People are being killed all the time. People are being stabbed all the time. There's armed robbery there. All kinds of criminal activity goes there. Do not go inside your church there because people will be afraid to come there. I've been blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. So be guided by this when we are choosing a meeting place. Hallelujah. I see God anointing you and using you to be a great church. Lift up your right hand and say this after me. Say, Father, I declare that I'm a church. I'm a church. A church is coming out of me. A church is coming out of me. I am giving birth to a church. I am giving birth to a church in the name of Jesus. I want you to clap your hands and pray and ask God to anoint you. Ask God to anoint you. Ask God to anoint you. And cause you to give back to your churches. Son 
Come to the front, everybody. Jesus. Just line up here. Everybody, just come. just come. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God is imparting the grace to become a church planter. To raise up leaders, pastors, the grace to produce leaders. Lift up your hands. 